It's 6.30 on Thursday the 14th of May 2020 and this is show number one of our Australian series. Good afternoon, Australia. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. Hello, Australia, and welcome. My goodness, it's early here. I don't think I've been up this early for such a long time. It's a pleasure, and thank you so much indeed for asking us for a very special show. The whole gang are here. We'll lead you through the whole process. Don't panic. As long as you're on our website, radioblogging.net, that is where all the action is. First thing we do in the morning is say a very good morning to the team. The fabulous professor is with us, Ian Rocky. Hello, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, Russell. Good afternoon, listeners and friends in Australia. I'm very well. This is exciting. Got uh, lots of people in Australia that I've uh, collaborated with over the years. So this is going to be a real pleasure to be able to introduce them to the joys of radio blogging. Excellent. And anyone would think we were rather good at this by this stage. Uh, listeners, I have to share with you, Ian was on a local BBC radio station last night talking about radio blogging. And after the show, you can actually re-listen to that with kind permission from the BBC. We managed to get that very early this morning and thank you so much indeed uh, for them so he was on a local radio station talking about our radio station and what we're doing beautiful interview well done ian thank you so much here comes bbc news that's all i can say uh, hello to deputy mitchell who looks after all of our blogging activity and manages the site in real time during our show deputy mitchell good morning good morning sir how are you i'm good how are you I'm very well, thank you. Yes, it's uh, bright and early this morning, isn't it? Um, the birds are singing outside. Uh, the sun is rising. It's uh, a great pleasure to be here. Uh, lots and lots of Australian friends that I've uh, met online with my work over the years. So it's great to be to, to be doing the show for them, which is uh, superb. Really looking forward to it today. Excellent. And now they can hear you live. We are absolutely live. And the whole system works, folks, because we are live. And what you type and write on the site, we see in real time and can comment on it and that works because the learning is led by this gentleman start the day with a slice of pie this is radioblogging.net how big is that australian slice of pie pie how are you this morning pie i'm in fine fettle actually um i remembered to put on my australian socks i don't know why but last time i was in australia and they're probably listening two kind ladies arrived and they gave me a pair of socks it was a very generous gesture i'm not too sure what uh, uh, lies behind it but i have the socks on i'm very excited because i know the australian talk for writing team Ray will be listening uh, this morning and lots and lots of talk writing people across Australia. So it's really, really nice to be in touch with everybody again. I've had my porridge this morning, Russell, and I've had a cup of tea. I've got one with me. I am ready to rock and roll. Now, those of you who've not joined us before, you're very, very welcome. Children, you need your notebooks and pencils to the ready. And what we always like to do is to have a couple of games right at the beginning. Ian and I will play the games and then there is a uh, musical interlude and some shout outs while you play the games. So get ready, make some notes as we're playing the games. I mean, it's over to you and you play the games in ones, twos, threes, however uh, suits you best. Ian, are you ready? 
I certainly am, Pi. Let's play. Creative Games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. Okay, I thought we'd play the old adverb game, mm-hmm. um, Ian. And this is getting used to putting an adverb at the front of a sentence. If you're at the front of the sentence, they are called <laughs> fronted adverbials. I don't know why I found that funny. I was last night thinking, well, supposing they come in the middle of the sentence or at this, the end of the sentence, what are they called then? But anyway, they're interesting words, adverbs, because you can move them around the sentence. I'll give you an example. If you said silently, skater tiptoed out of the house... You could also say skater tiptoed silently out of the house or skater tiptoed out of the house silently. So they move around. And I think that's really quite interesting. Not many words that move around in sentences. And they tell us, usually they tell us what's happening, what's going on, where or why or how. We're going to do some how ones so skater tiptoe silently Let, let's do that one now it's got to come at the front okay yeah so uh, and we're trying to make a story up so here we go silently skater tiptoed out of the house carefully he made his way down the path cautiously he peered up and down the road curiously skater found a mysterious old map in the gutter slowly he picked it up. Excitedly, he looked around to see where the map might lead him. Feverishly, <laughs> feverishly, he noticed, probably not a good word to use in the current situation. Feverishly, he noticed X marking the treasure spot. Eerily, the road fell silent but for the clatter of a swinging door. Weirdly, A strange shadow moved towards him. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. (laughs) You ran dry on me. I did. Oh, dear. So that's the first game, folks, the adverb game. We were doing quite well, actually. Of course, in your writing, if you keep putting an adverb at the front of a sentence, it sounds half daft, but it is a nice little trick um, because it puts the emphasis on the adverb at the beginning of the sentence there. Let's play the second game. Okay. Uh, and I thought we'd do uh, one to do with things that we are afraid of because when Peter is reading from Shadow Sea, the latest in the Cogcart series, that's quite edge of the seat stuff but definitely later on when we have uh jackie french an australian author reading that is a very very scary uh piece of um uh, of writing so i thought we'd just ha- have a go at some i am afraid of mm. try and go for the real things i think it's much more interesting instead of saying i'm afraid of vampires i think that's all a bit silly really try and go for real things that, that worry you for instance whenever i get a wasp near me that worries me And when I was over in Australia, I was constantly on the lookout for enormous spiders and huge snakes, um, because I I think you have plenty of those out there. So let's have a bit of a go, Ian. Um, Do you want to start or shall I? Yeah, I'm happy to start. So one thing I'm afraid of is, is climbing to very, very tall heights. Yeah, I absolutely hate that myself. I'm afraid of, well, I'll go for the snakes one. I'm afraid of snakes that hiss and Mm. spit. Absolutely. And this has happened to me once as well. I'm afraid that of dogs that chase me. Ah, horrible. I'm afraid of horses with huge teeth. Um, I'm afraid of my car breaking down in the middle of nowhere. 
<laughs> I'm afraid of a creak on the stairs late at night. I am afraid of thunder and lightning that arrives unannounced. I'm afraid of wasps, especially when I'm eating. Sometimes I'm afraid of time passing too quickly. Mm. Uh, that's the good one. Yeah, that's a more thoughtful one, isn't it? Mm. I am afraid of what might be in the shadows underneath the bed. Mm, nice. Um, I am afraid of being knocked over, and this happened as well, by a giant wave. Yeah. I, I often have dreams about huge waves coming mm. in, you know, massive tsunami type waves. That's one yeah. of them. So I probably could say, I'm afraid of dreams of huge waves approaching from the distance. Mm. Um, I am afraid of the dentist drill. Oh, yes, I hate that. Absolutely. Mm. Russell, mm. I think we've got ourselves going here. Yes. With two games, we got the adverb game, try and create a story that's actually harder than you imagine. And then the I am afraid of, if you're on your own, you could take either of those and just make a list in your notebooks. If you're with other people, pair up twos or threes around the circle and do the game orally. Have you got some music for us this morning, Russell? I have indeed. I've selected well. I hope you share our view on that. It is just coming up to 20 minutes to seven here in the UK uh, to a two o'clock in uh, Australia and thank you so much indeed for joining us contact details first if you'd like to email us radio blogging at gmail so simple radio blogging at gmail love to get an email from you during the show the website you're all on there now already but you can actually find us via the message board so you can post up a message there and if you want to tweet us tag us just at radio blogging it couldn't be simpler and we'll be back after this so follow those activities through and enjoy yourselves don't forget if you want to follow the website We'll be asking you to click on a button in just a moment. Hi, my name is Peter Bundle, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Time for music. Banana splits. Hi, I'm Jackie French. You're listening to radioblogging.net, coming from the really remote and definitely, definitely wombat inhabited Aragon Valley in Australia. Oh, she's fabulous. Such good value. Absolutely love her. Jackie French, she's on the show a bit later on. Hope you enjoyed that music there. Fantastic. And that's the kind of thing we, we've been playing for our eight weeks. We've been at this now. And later today, we'll be doing our 36th show at our usual slot at uh, 9.30 in the morning. A little too late for, for colleagues there in Australia. And that's why we've just got up so early today, just to give you a flavour of what we're doing as well. Just really good. And uh, now when we just kind of read out some shout outs, I want to say hello to Nicola Van Berkel, who is listening thank you so much indeed uh, really good of you uh, Rachel Orr is uh, another avid listener of ours as well. very good morning to James Walker who's enjoying tuning in to the Australian edition thank you so much indeed a very good morning to some avid listeners here Miss Wood who is joining us thank you so much we should be handing out gold stars gentlemen shouldn't we to our listeners now who've joined us this morning got up particularly early um, uh, and thank you so much indeed to uh, pa Peter Collins as well thank you very much I hope I got that name right I'm not familiar with the spelling of that. That's okay. Uh, listening to the show as well. Thank you so much indeed. And I think we've got a listener in, and this is lovely, Peppermint Grove, Western Australia. How lovely. Uh, don't know who you are, but thank you so much indeed. That's just lovely. That's just absolutely gorgeous. Ian, what do you have for us? 
Russell, thank you so much. Yeah, don't forget, email radioblogging at gmail.com, as Kitty has done this morning. Uh, please can I have a shout-out tomorrow morning, as in today, for Danny, Mummy, Roxy and Kitty in Crumford in the United Kingdom. Absolutely no problem. Sachin, one of our regular listeners, today's slice of pie was the best. You are geniuses. Let me say it was not easy getting up as I wanted to sleep, but I finally <laughs> woke in time. I really only ever wake this early when catching an early morning flight. Well, Sachin, thank you so much for making the effort to get up and join this very, very special show this morning. Uh, good morning to Toby, one of our uh, UK listeners as well, and Sophie, who's very excited. Never been to Australia, but she intends on going when she is older because she really absolutely wants to see the Great Barrier Reef. Nicola, good morning to you. Looking forward to a fantastic Australian edition of the show today. Jackie French is amazing. Hope she tells us a little about the Wombats. Bethany as well, looking forward to the show this morning. Andrew, morning radio bloggers here in the UK and down under. Toby and Beth are ready and raring to go. Toby was up at 5.40am to limber up, much to my bleary-eyed dismay. Enjoy the show, everyone. Thank you so much. Claire Kilgore, Team Kilgore in the house there. All of them are there from the United Kingdom, ready to listen. Thank you so much. Don't forget, you can uh, click on the contact tab at the top of the site, as Russell said earlier. You can leave a message on the Padlet, which we're going to explain in just a second. You can email us as well. And at 16 minutes to 2 Australian Western Standard Time and at 16 minutes to 4 Eastern Standard Time in the UK of course 16 minutes to 7 on this Thursday morning it is now over to Pi Corbett to take the show forward Pi over to you okay thanks Ian now everybody if you look at the top very very top of um of the page on the right hand side it says radio blogging Australia I presume that you've all clicked on that and then if we scroll down a little it says welcome to australia thursday um and we are almost about to start on the page but before we do that one of the things that happens in radio blocking is at the very end of the program and we'll do it at the end today i think where there's an opportunity for children to perform their writing and record it so that we always start with a couple of recordings uh, from that and i think russell you've got a selection haven't you of uh, really good audios so that everybody gets a flavor of the sort of thing we do absolutely I've, we've just picked these so these aren't particularly on topic at the moment but they're just indicative of the kind of output and often parents because of course we're isolating as you are listeners in australia here so there are a lot of our listeners who are in the home setting as well as a school setting where schools are still open for key workers uh, and uh, vital uh, children of vital parents that need to work and don't have any childcare. So um, there's an interesting mix here of the both here. So this is a father and his daughter called Kitty. He's playing the professor, and this was in response to a really interesting piece of writing. Have a listen to this. Here we are with the six o'clock news. This morning we are very lucky as we are joined by Prof. I'm very clever and I want you to know it. How are you, Prof? Well, I'm well. Good. So recently we have learned where Jay and Marie have landed their ship, didn't we? Yes. What we found out was they have landed it in an abandoned city. An abandoned city? Why have we not gone and saved them? Well, the few people who do live there are the Sky Ninjas. 
so nobody dares to go there. Well, did Jane Marie know that the Sky Ninjas are there with them? Well, um... Oh, I think we are losing him. On to Ivor Ferrari with the traffic with a special guest, Pi Corbett. We think we love that as well. We think the father's mm. a famous actor, but we can't place him exactly. Mm. And of course, uh, your anonymity is guaranteed here as well. But he's got a good career in radio, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. I, I like the way it was handing over to Ivor Ferrari <laughs> with the traffic news. That was really witty. That's Kitty and Dad, isn't it? It is indeed an absolutely love letter. Yeah, I've got. Go on. Kitty, Kitty's very young, isn't she? Uh, yes. Well, uh, again, we, we don't collect a lot of data because, uh, of no. course, safeguarding is very important to us here. Mm. So unless our young bloggers put their name, mm. and I have got a couple, uh, name, uh, their age, mm. I, we don't know at all. But we think mm. she's particularly young, probably six mm. or seven years old, we think. Mm. Fantastic stuff. Have you got another one for us, Yes, Russell? I have. And I'm just toying. I've changed my mind on one of them as well. Uh, listeners, this came in just yesterday, and it just moved us to tears. It's absolutely fantastic. This young lady is six years old. I come from... I come from big cats, small cats, wild cats, majestic cats living in the grasslands of the Serengeti. I come from the wild, surrounded by elephants, hippos, giraffes, crocodiles and jaguars. I come from camping in a door dome with my family, eating crunchy cornichons and salty sausage-sons. I come from bouncing high on the trampoline with my big sister Edith. I come from birds of all sizes, robins, crows, magpies, pigeons and red kites. I come from flowers in the garden, roses, salvia, lavender, geranium, clematis. I come from my snuggly bottom bunk bed surrounded by night bear, elephant, jellyfish, stingray, wonky monkey. I come from pizza covered in olives and pepperoni with cornichons on the side. I come from mummy, daddy, Edith and Nancy and my friends. love that don't we absolutely love that was in response to a piece of writing we asked for where do you come from we asked them to think Mm -hmm. about their background their upbringing and all the things that they cherish and are missing at the moment do you love that Mm. i i really really like that it was wonky monkey that got me going i thought that was fantastic naming all her toys and we talked on the show a lot haven't we russell about the importance of naming things there's a difference between saying um i love all my toys and naming them uh, and that they sort of when you name things, it brings it alive. It's the difference between saying I was standing in the city and I was standing in Melbourne because mm. you've named it. You, so the reader can picture it. And that's been a really important part of the work we've done. One of the little writing secrets, name it. And our, our writers are getting very good at that. Have you got another one for us? I have, but just before, you're going to need to mention mm. your trousers because when listeners after the show get round to clicking on the BBC mm. clip, they opened with you telling everyone about Frank. Perhaps because you've now mentioned naming, you'd just like to explain mm. that. Yes, uh, one, one of the things I do, and I, I don't know where i got it from is but i have a tendency to name things uh uh, so i have a pair of trousers called frank and um i've had them for a very long time and they hang in the cupboard Um, every now and then mel says mel's my wife she says 
um i've got i'm taking frank down to the dump i said you can't take frank to the dump she says you've had him far too long he's really worn out now so putting frank back into the cupboard i've also russell got a suitcase called connie who lives in the attic um and uh, she she doesn't get taken out much now poor old soul but she's up there in the attic connie the suitcase and frank the trousers and i once had a car called goat's milk i think it's fun to name things that you like if you've got a favorite pencil what's it called is it called bruce what's the name of your pencil i think i just enjoy it and i think if we don't play with ideas then life must be very very dull by the way you mentioned peter collins earlier i know peter and she took me out uh, to eat and she said, have you had a palmy? I never had a palmy before. And it's this huge thing that sits on your plate. It, you know, Australian folk will know what this is. It's a vast thing uh, to eat, the palmy. She introduced me to that. Anyway, let, oh, you've got one more, haven't you, Russell? I have indeed. This is Satchin, one of our longtime listeners, mm. doing some fabulous voices. On this particular task, we asked our young broadcasters to adopt some different voices in a news report. This is Priceless. <laughs> Joanne paused. It was just the two of them, and Captain Mahamood had left them with no instructions about what to do. Any idea what we do? Joanne whispered. All of a sudden she realised it was a mistake asking the question to an inquisitive young boy, and seconds later the answer she predicted was remarked. Let's go check out the cabin and the secret floor. But won't Captain Mahamood get furious if we accidentally tamper with her equipment? Besides, she really is a nice woman and I don't think we should sit here. And I just think we should sit here and wait. And until she... muttered Joanne. Stop being a spoiled sport. She might never ever show us these hidden gems. Rodrigo interrupted. Oh, fine. Joanne gave in. Although she was the elder of the two, she didn't use her older sibling powers as she had a shy nature. There's a Anthony Horowitz in the making there, we think. A stunning. Do you like that one as well? I love that. And of course, what we've got to remember is the uh, children have been writing this. So Sachin's getting really good, not only at crafting it and writing it, but also performing it. And um, we can see over time the improvement in doing that. Because, of course, if you know, Russell, that you're going to perform it on the radio, you're more likely to spend the time on crafting it, reading it aloud to hear whether or not it works. So the fact that you've got a live audience for your writing um, puts a bit of a pressure on everybody to make sure it's as good as it can possibly be. I think we are ready, are we, to move on to the next section of our programme where we um, where we listen to Peter Bunzel. Is that right, Russell? I think it is, isn't it? Yes, we can do yeah. that as well. We can do that now at any time. Did you want to say anything about the activities that we're going to be going through? The various activities? Yes. Yes, we've, we've got a number of activities coming up. Um, we're going to be writing about uh, magical doorways and we are also going to be looking at suspense uh, as well. So hold on to that. Now, you're on the Australian page. Just scroll down a little bit and, the, and it says activity one. And just under that, there is a rectangular button that says author response. Click on that. OK, so everybody's clicked on that. And with any luck, up comes a map of the world. You can see that. And it says author response on it. And this is our Padlet. This is a very useful teaching tool. 
If you look in the bottom right-hand corner, can you see a pink blob there with a plus mark on it? Click on that, and up comes what looks like a post-it, and it says title. Now, in that space where it says title, you put your name, because we like to know who is writing. So I put in there Pi, and um, I'm doing this as I'm speaking, actually. And then it says write something, so drop your cursor down and click. Now, everything that is written, Deputy Mitchell is looking at and double checking and, um, and moderating, making sure that it's OK. But we can't write anything yet. What happens now is we have a reading by Peter Bunzel. Now, Peter Bunzel's book, Cogheart, when I first read that, Russell, I thought, wow, this is a fantastic read. It's elegantly written, beautifully written. It's an absolute belter of a story. It's, it's set in sort of um, uh, Victorian times, a sort of fantasy, though. So a lot has been made up, of course. But it's a very exciting book. And there are now four of them in the, in the series. And the latest one is called Shadow Sea, and he's going to do a reading from that. And what we like to do with our authors is to give them a response. So we're going to listen to it. And when we've listened to it, we're going to write in, you write in your little post-it note. And you might have time to do two or three of these. I don't know. We're going to write a response. We might write, and Peter will be able to read these. We might say what we like about it. We might, um, it might trigger a memory or a link to another book or a poem. We might take out a word or a phrase or a sentence and write that in because we really liked it and thought it was really well chosen. We might talk about how it made us feel or the strongest picture or image in our head. We might raise questions for the author or we might notice things that puzzled us. We might predict what is going to happen next. We might uh, jot down what we would say to the main character, what advice we would give. So what we do now, folks, is we sit, we listen really, really carefully because this is radio. All the action has to happen inside our heads. We have to use our imagination. And that means you've got to listen really, really carefully. And then we can fill our little post-it note in. Uh, and uh, in order to get it uh, approved, you have to, once it's written, I'll talk you through that bit at the end. Let, let's get on to Peter now, um, uh, Russell. He, his book is in the uh, Talk for Writing reading spine, which many schools in Australia use. It's the first one is Cogheart. This is the fourth in the series. Only just come out. Hello, radio bloggers. Uh, my name is Peter Bunzel. I am the author of the Cogheart Adventure Series, which is a dangerous and daring adventure series set in an alternative version of Victorian Britain, where people travel around by airship. They have mechanical servants, clockwork mechanical servants that look after them, and uh, clockwork mechanical pets as well. Uh, it's a bit like uh, Downton Abbey, but with robots and adventure. And uh, the main characters are Lily, uh, who's the daughter of two world famous uh, inventors, Robert, whose father is a clockmaker and whose mum is a kind of uh, magician in the theatre. You'll find out if you read the series and their pet mechanical fox, Malkin, who is a big mouthed, uh, cheeky, know it all fox um, who can talk and generally gives bad advice to them on the different adventures they go on. So that's a bit about the story. Um, there's four books in the series. The first book is called Cogheart, which I know a lot of people have read. And then the sequel, the second book, uh, is called Moonlocket. And the third book is called Sky Circus. That takes place in a flying circus. And then the latest book is called Shadow Sea, 
and that takes place in New York, uh, a steampunk version of New York. Uh, so a fantasy version of New York and then also partly under the ocean in a sort of submarine uh, city. And I'm going to read a little bit of the prologue of the story, uh, which actually takes place uh, not in New York, but in this mysterious underwater submarine city where there's some evil goings on taking place. First, there was darkness, then patches of watery green light, then fish, whole schools of them, with luminous fins bright as knives, glowing scales that shimmered like armour. They swam past the shadow of a submarine base that clung to the edge of the cliff, beside a fathomless trench which stretched like a scar across the ocean floor. The base was the shape of a giant rusted wheel, with spokes that ran from the exterior to its centre. Parts of it were unfinished, the ties that bound it to the seabed still under construction, fixed with rope and cables in place of iron trusses. The base bobbed slightly in the current. Rising from the hub was a tower with a turbine at its top, turning slowly. Through the tower's only porthole window, a blonde boy of 13 with bright, inquisitive eyes could be seen sitting on the cabin floor. The boy was humming a tune to himself, a tune that matched the buzzing in the walls. As he worked on a miniature wagon, jam jar lids made up the wagon's wheels, flattened cans its carriage. It had pencils for axles and wire for its yoke. When he was done, the boy plucked a white mouse from his pocket and tied it to the wagon. He placed the mouse on the floor and jeed it along like a long, whiskered, pink-snouted pony. The mouse tottered forward on tiny red paws, pulling the wagon behind it. After a moment, it broke into a run, skittering beneath the table where two adults, a man and a woman with the same blonde hair and inquisitive eyes as the boy, sat working. The boy chased the mouse under the table and followed it out the door. Hot on its heels, he ran down the passageway. The mouse crossed the grate and vents and wove beneath pipes sticking close to the walls. It clattered its cart past damp, bulbous diving suits that stank of the sea, tumbled across galleys and mess halls where the crew members sat eating. Still, the boy chased it. Finally, it ran through a crack where a door stood slightly ajar. In the room beyond, row upon row of mice scrabbled about in cages. The white mouse stopped in the centre of the spotless floor. The boy crouched, mouth half open, stretching out a hand to pick it up. A swish of a skirt, a shiny leather shoe stepped across his path. The boy glanced up. Hey, Aunt Matilda, a gaunt-faced woman with short, slicked-back hair, wearing a white lab coat and goggles, pushed back on her head, was putting on a pair of rubber gloves. That's Professor Milksop to you. Professor Milksop scooped up the mouse and dropped the cart unceremoniously on the floor. This rodent's valuable. You shouldn't have taken it from the lab. He looked sad, the boy said. I named him Spook on account of his colouring. He looks like a spook, don't you think? The boy glanced at the mouse scrabbling in the professor's hand. It squeaked softly. Don't be naming them, the professor said. Name a thing and you start to have feelings for it. She turned away and made a sharp jerking motion with her hands. The squeaking stopped. Go back to your quarters now, Dane. You shouldn't be here. Could be bad for your health. The professor kicked aside the cart 
and headed for a second lead-lined door at the far end of the room, a door marked Reanimation Lab. Danger. Keep out. Above these words was a picture of a snake curled in a circle, eating its own tail. Dane rubbed away a stinging tear as he watched his aunt go. Then he narrowed his eyes and stared at the door. No, he said softly. I won't. He stepped forward and gently pushed against the sign, peering around the door's edge. Hi, my name is Peter Bunzel and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Okay, folks, so fantastic edge of the seat stuff. And now we're going to type into the little post-it. We're going to type in a response. So I'll just have a go at doing that. I put my name in. And actually, every single letter that you write can be seen by Deputy Mitchell. So here we go. I loved the fact that you left us on the edge of our seats. I love the fact, I loved the fact, I love the fact that you left us on the edge of our seats. Uh, ah, um, And that you mentioned um naming things because she said don't give the the mouse obviously part of this some experiment and if you give a name to it then um, you begin to feel more for it i love the fact that you left us on the edge of our seats and that you mentioned naming things okay so i've written up a little response for peter to read and our authors do like to come on to read those and um before you post it, make sure you reread it. Now, we found this has been really important because people get very excited about what they've got to say and forget to reread it. So we've had people missing out capitals, full stops, words or writing things that don't quite make sense. So do reread it. Say it out aloud. That always helps, I feel. And then click anywhere else on the Padlet, on the map, and it will say awaiting approval. And um, Deputy Mitchell will be approving these. And in order to see them every now and then, you have to refresh the page. And that means going to the very, very top. And you can see there as a bar across the very top where it says radioblogging.net. And to the right of that, there is a semicircle with an arrow. And if you click on that, it refreshes the page. And I can already see as oh, a good 20 up there. Bethany, I like the book as I have read it. Yeah, it's a cracking read, isn't it? Sunny. Thank you, Sunny. Very scary and creative story that hooked me in. It did hook us in, didn't it? You're absolutely right. And we want to know what's in the other side of the door. Um, Sachin, love your American accent. Yes, he's doing the accents, isn't he? He's very clever at doing that, Peter. Mr. Walker, Averly, what do you th- did you think of the book? Which was your favourite character? So there's one of our uh, teachers. We have a group of teachers who respond to the children who's coming back to Averly, a primary school student who said, hello, I like the reading. I have read the book. And uh, Mr. Walker's asking you to uh, be a bit more precise with it. Haley Jean or Gean, Jean, probably. Hello there, gentlemen. Can you read your book next time? I thought I would. Whoopsie, it's disappeared. Every now and then it, it refreshes the page and that then and causes me problems um what else have we got here um uh, tio i like how you use lots of describing words i'll try to read this book as soon as i can please do tio now 
if you go back, hover to your cursor over the top of it, and then there's a little grey box. Click on that, and you can edit, because there's one, two, three things. That's actually all the same thing that you could edit. It's the our old friend, the capital letter for the word I. Rachel, name a thing, and you start to have feelings for it. I love this line in the book. Me too. Absolutely. Nicola, I love that idea of name a thing, and then you have feeling for it. Links with what Pi said earlier. Absolutely. Toby, hello, Toby. I like the descriptive words in it. I'm reading Cogart, and it is fantastic. Absolutely is fantastic. So if you go to the top of the page again, then just Olivia Arkell, refresh it, and you get more come up. Olivia, it builds up so much suspense. Um, and then there's a name that I can't quite say. Uh, C-A-O-I-M-H-E. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. But the mouse had a great name. I would keep it. Absolutely. Hello from York DHS. Hello from York District High School in Western Australia. Hi there. Year four and year six class are listening. Great to have you on board. We found the story creative. It hooked us in. We want to know what happens next. Absolutely. And we think Hudson, good work. You kept the reader following and want to read more. Guardian and Daniel, how can I improve my similarities and figurative language? Well, good point. If you stick with us, that's the sort of thing that we do work on. I thought it was fantastic, Asha, uh, that it was so mysterious and ended on a cliffhanger. So we're getting lots and lots of responses on there. Fantastic. Everyone's got the idea of what we're doing. And um, do we have a, a time for a little bit of music while people are working? Do post one or two responses up there. I don't think anyone's mentioned about, apart from Sachin, how he read it. Russell, have we got a quick interlude with some music while people are working on those Padlets. we have indeed i think the best way is just to show our listeners what we've been up to in, in the last few weeks so you can actually have a listen to some of our best bits there as well previously on radioblocking.net good morning listeners start the day with a slice of pie i had a car called goat's milk and i have a pair of trousers called frank you will know that gerald the mouse had raided the porridge and there has been an overnight nut raid Creative Games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. We're now going to play a riddle game, Ian. I'm as thin as a reed and as sharp as a snake's tongue. Are you a needle? Hello, this is SF Said, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Listeners share their writing. His warty, scaly, bulging belly was contained by his dull, tarnished belt buckle. Lots of juicy words in there. We're imagining that we're going into the night museum and what might we see? We had the brilliant Brian Moses on the show. Go right in, past a beam of light that shoots from a cyclops eye. There's some fantastic ones about tro- facts about trolls, Russell. Ida's the spineback troll. I love the way that you've got a, a variety of troll there. Pie Corbett models outstanding writing. The truth about trolls. If you have read any of the ancient Norse stories, you will have come across trolls. They're considered to be a type of creature related closely both to giants and humans. There's also Comment Corner. One thing that we try to do here is uh, make sure that children get a global audience, an authentic audience. When you stumble across a group of trolls, they will be easy to recognise. Most varieties of troll 
are similar in shape to a human, but considerably larger, though not as big as a giant. Frank Cottrell Boyce, fabulous author extraordinaire. Uh, the book is set slightly in the future on a big housing estate where all the pizzas are delivered by robots and all the buses are driverless. Intelligent ovens come and deliver your pizzas. This is Quantrill. Alice was thrilled when her recording of her writing was played on our radio show this morning. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Fantastic stuff. And I've now discovered it's Queever, isn't it? Who wrote The Mouse Had a Great Name. I would keep it absolutely Queever. I'm with you. Uh, Noah from Chalice Primary. Hello, Chalice Primary. Fantastic. Uh, to, it's like meeting old friends, Russell. This is marvellous. Hello, Chalice Primary. Hello, Noah. You left us on the edge of our chairs for sure, full of suspense. That's really made me smile and feel happy. It's great to see um, links across the world in this way. Isn't it a marvellous thing, Russell, that people on literally on the other side of the planet, thousands of miles away, we're talking to each other um, uh, across the uh, through the Internet. I really find that exciting. Well, we've learned how to use the, the Padlet now. We've got lots and lots, so many coming on. Wendy there, I love the way you showed that the inventors at the table were the boys' parents by saying they had the same hair and eyes rather than just saying the boy's parents. That was subtle, well-spotted. Yes, there's the hint there that they are uh, related, and we can infer from that. Catherine from Perth. Hi, Catherine. De L from Perth, Western Australia. I like the phrase, stank like the sea. So many descriptive words used in this story. Very interesting story, and you can imagine the elements of the story. Absolutely. I think now we should hear Peter Bunzel's interview. This was a very interesting interview. He's talking about the books and how he writes. And what we do with the interview, those of you who are listening, we listen carefully, we have our notebooks next to us, and we jot down what we have learned from the interview that's going to be helpful to us as writers, and then we can post that up as well. So we get two cracks at this post. Okay, Russell, what happened in the interview? When you're reading it now, does that take yes. you back to the moment that you wrote it? Um, well, a little bit. Not really, because there's... Uh, yeah, it does. But there were quite a few different versions of the opening for the book. So um, this was the the last one I was the most happy with. And yeah, it does. It sort of... Yeah, it takes me back to the moment that I wrote it. Uh, yes. Tell us some more about... Um, your inspiration how do you write when do you write do you find it easy to write i mean you're a brilliant writer how does oh, it all you. you're very kind how does it how does it come about um well there's always like the germ of an idea there's always two or three ideas that start to coagulate or sort of stick together and once you have two or three or four really good ideas that you sort of know stick together then you have uh, the idea for a book so um Normally you start off, you, you might find one idea somewhere and another idea somewhere else. So you might read a story or, I mean, it's, it's, most of my books are historical, based in historical settings. So maybe you hear a sort of interesting, juicy piece of history and you think, oh, that would make a good story. But it's not quite enough because obviously the stories all have a kind of fantastical, larger than life quality. So that's like a real life element. And you think I can put that into the book. And then you need something else that is maybe a bit more fantastical and um, out there. 
and that idea normally comes is normally sort of comes to me separately I start to think oh this would be a good thing to put in a book and then I sort of I look at both ideas and I think how can I put them together and once that sort of starts turning over in my mind eventually I'll come up with a a plot that kind of combines the the real the real historical bit and the kind of fantastical thing and once I have all that I know that then that's probably enough for a book. You're really intrigued by Victorian times what draws you to that period? Um, I think a lot of exciting stuff was going on then a lot of invention and um, exploring and um, specifically in this book Shadow Sea um, I wanted to set a story in New York and once I started researching New York in sort of the 1880s 1890s I realized that a lot of crazy invention was going on so there was Edison and there was Tesla and there was a big race to be the first person to produce um, sort of um, electricity that could be sent around uh, the country and be sold to people in their homes and in businesses and that those both those inventors were not only um, racing to to invent the first sort of um, really good electricity system but they were also inventing lots of other crazy things as well so Edison had the parts in the telephone and other inventions and Tesla Tesla's inventions were just so off the wall that a lot of them didn't even get sort of produced so he was trying to beam electricity through the air stuff like that and all of so I was reading about both of them and I really wanted to put some of those ideas into the story and that sort of inspired that was the first inspiration for um, this particular book Shadow Sea and normally that's what happens normally I read about something that's going on at the time and that that triggers the idea so research is an important element of that writing definitely as one of the most fun elements to sort of to read around your the era that you're writing about and see what interesting thing happened and with the internet it's just so much easier to Mm. stumble upon Mm. stumble upon different stories absolutely um peter can i ask you about your notebook how how do you take notes do you have a sketchbook and and how do you kind of note all these observations down yeah I, i normally have a notebook that that i'm using while i'm researching the book and it will contain just everything, just um, stuff that I'm researching, information about stuff I'm researching. So um, I like going to the British Library, which is a big library. But, you know, if you can't go to the British Library, go to your local library and, and find books that are historically interesting. And then look through the books and write down interesting facts. Um, so that's one one way I research stuff. And another way is one once the ideas start gelling for me and I'm having little bits of dialogue come to me or little story ideas, then I'll write them down in the book as well. And there'll be sort of fragments, maybe two or three pages long. And so gradually the book's sort of filling up with elements that could come together to make the story. And when I have quite a lot of these different elements in the notebook, then I'll start to, then I'll start to sort of in my mind know what the whole story is going to be. And then I will write Um, a synopsis which is like a plot outline for the whole novel and uh, sometimes I'll write that in the notebook in fact normally the first draft or two I'll write in the notebook and then I'll transfer over to the computer type it up and sort of tidy up so I can send it to the publisher so that's sort of how I use the notebook I used to when I was younger I was an artist so I used to draw in my sketchbooks as well but I don't really do that anymore because I've got a bit lazy about drawing, but um, I, I use it to write with. And yeah, I use it to collect ideas 
We're trying to encourage young people to write and uh, a greater appreciation of language and text and meaning and all these kinds yeah. of things. D do you have a couple of pieces of advice for a young person who's listening to this right now? Yeah, I think um, use your notebook like a, a, a scrapbook. So write, I think a great notebook not only has writing, but also drawings and, and uh, bits and pieces that you collect. So um yeah, I would say just collect as much stuff that inspires you as possible. And uh like pictures, also great, um, magazine articles. And if you're if you if you like sort of collaging and, and scrapbooking, I would put those on in your notebook as well. And gradually you'll collect um collect all enough ideas to sort of inspire a story and to inspire lots of different stories, hopefully. Do you have a special place uh, that you write in? Uh, yeah, I have a desk. I have an office at home with my desk in and all my writing books and all the children's books I've collected. And um, that's my writing space, yes. And I try and go there every day and write. And if I sit down at the desk, I know I'm supposed to be writing, mm. not looking at the internet. <laughs> There are a lot of distractions at the moment. and Yes, there are, yeah. And it's a difficult time for everyone. Thank you so much indeed. I've really enjoyed your reading, as ever. Thank you, you just get better and better every time uh, I oh, hear you, you read. It's just absolutely stunning. There's nothing like the author to read the works. It's something very special. Peter, thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Peter Bundle, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Okay, fantastic interview, Russell. It was rich, rich with ideas. So I've written on my little post-it. I've remembered to put my name in. I've written, number one, research and read around the subject before writing. Number two, collect ideas and stuff that inspires you. Number three, use your notebook like a scrapbook, including drawings. And I, I think I'm going to post that now. I think it's really interesting because nearly all of our authors have said the same thing about doing plenty of research and thinking and, ga and imagining, gathering ideas, making notes, uh, filling that scrapbook up. So there are lots and lots of possibilities in the scrapbook. And in school, we tend to rush into the writing too quickly. So I think that was very, very insightful. Um, in England and in Australia, our children in talk for writing schools, we all like to use our magpie books where we gather words and phrases and ideas. So I think Peter, they're talking about his notebook. It's an extension of what we call the magpie book. Now, folks, we need to be nimble as ferrets and come out of this. So go back to the main page. I'll see if I can manage that myself. I'm finding it difficult to do. There we are. I'm back on the main page and we need to get on with the next activity. You can see there just below <coughs> author response. You can see there is a photo of a door in a very, very old wall. And we're going to do some writing about doors because uh, uh, Peter stopped his story at the point where the um, main character was looking through the door. And there are lots of stories which feature doors and what's on the other side of the door. Probably the most famous is the story of um, Narnia, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, through a magical doorway, what was on the other side for Lucy. Now, go to the bottom right-hand corner. There you will see the pink blob. Click on that. Up comes your little post-it. It says title. So I'm going to put my name in there, Pi. And the idea for this is we write a sentence, just one sentence, what is on the other side of the door? And I'm going to give you an opener. Open the door. Comma. Open the door. There is. Now, there might be an object. There might be an animal. There might be a setting. There might be a character. 
There might be things happening. It doesn't have to be a room, of course, on the other side. It could be anything. So I'm going to write in an idea. Open the door. There is a uh, Peter Collins. I'm going to put the kangaroo that you promised that you would take me to see. And we travelled across um, Western Australia from the uh, from Perth all the way to the very north. And did we see a kangaroo? No. I saw one rather lame kangaroo by the airport and that was it. So I'm going to write about the thing that I never saw, which was a kangaroo. Open the door. There is a kangaroo. Kangaroo bouncing. There is a pan kangaroo bouncing in the distance. So I've got one down there. And then I click for approval and then I can do another one. While you are having a go at this, I will just invent some. So you should be writing your sentences now. Open the door. There is a tree with leaves that have burst into flame. Open the door. There are clouds drifting towards the horizon. Open the door. There is a green field with wallabies chewing grass i don't know if they chew grass but you'll know open the door there is a koala clinging to a tree i know there were big fires in australia let's put a fire on the other side of the door open the door there is a raging fire that has taken grip of the landscape open the door there is there is somebody clutching an opal in the dry dry deserts open the door there is a dolphin weaving the sea Open the door on the other side. There is a purple moon staring down at a totally new planet. Open the door and on we go. Now, if I click on the refresh button, I know that some of our friends in England will have already started. Open the door. Mr. Walker, there is a silver skyscraper reaching up to the heavens. Chelsea apps. You open the door and there's a blue seven-eyed koala. Lovely one, Chelsea. Now do another one. Open the door. Um, there is a koala bear with burnt fur from the bushfires looking despaired. I think that should be looking in despair, but I know what you mean, Catherine, from Perth, Western Australia. And, of course, Deputy Mitchell is approving all of these. He can see them. And when you've written yours up, remember... Re-read it. Double-check it. Ah, there's Peter Collins. Open the door. There is a wild sea plunging against the ragged cliffs. Well done, Peter. Isaac, open the door. There are, t There is our turtles swimming through lakes in every direction. Isaac, you can go back to that one. Hover over it. You see a little grey box. That Click on that, and then you can edit that one. You've got the is and the are uh, muddled a little bit. They're both in, and you, you obviously didn't mean. Adriel from Chelsea. Um, I saw yours there, but it's disappeared now. There it is over there. Open the door. There's a portal to another dimension, which takes you to another universe. Loving it. Uh, Elijah, open the door. There is a land with ducks that live in baths. Uh, just have a reread of that one. Elijah needs a little bit of editing. Sachin, the door is a misshapen gnarled plank of wood battered by a hurricane. Sachin, the door, what was a misshapen gnarled plank of wood battered by a hurricane behind the door? There were walls splattered in aliens' veins. Ooh, that's a very scary one, Sachin. So we're all writing our sentences in now. 
double check before you post Mackenzie. Thank you, Mackenzie. When you opened the door, there was a green witch screaming with fear. Have a go at another one now, Mackenzie. Liam, open the door. There's a woolly mammoth wandering around swiftly. You've got the uh, touch of alliteration now with the woolly and the wandering. I like that. Zion, when I open the door, there is a mutant spider with 16 eyes, 16 legs. He looks at me and ran fast away. Just look at that sentence, uh, Zion. He looks at me and ran fast away. I think it should be he looked at me and ran fast away. Watch the tense. And can you strengthen the look, Zion? He stared at me. He glared at me. He peered at me. I think you can strengthen that one. Sophie, open the door. There's a lolly shop with kids surrounding. Have we got time for a little musical shout-out? Oh, um, we uh, so have. The shout-outs are amassing enormously. Thank you very much to all our audience that are listening to us. You're listening to radioblogging.net. We're live across the planet. I'm so enjoying your writing, uh, bloggers. Thank you so much indeed. Now, I need to explain this piece of music. We have a house band. It happened because Pi named, he did, a mouse that had escaped to his, um, his cottage and uh, this mouse is called Gerald, and then all of a sudden the house band are composing songs about Gerald the mouse. This is one where he's on his adventure. Gerald felt unwelcome Now he's flying through the sky In his awesome airship Looking down on cottage pie, he's got camembert and cheddar too. With Frank and Connie for his crew, but right there in the distance, a sky pilot he did spy. Whiskers all a quivering, wondering if his time would die. Will they make friends? Won't the play? Or will Connie be on the case? Take it away, Joe. David Armand, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. was Rachel or our house band for radio blogging. Thanks so much indeed for your messages. Absolutely loving them. Ian, what do you have for us? 
Thank you very much indeed, Russell. The time exactly half past seven here in the United Kingdom, British summertime, 2.30, of course, uh, Australian Western Standard Time, and uh, it is 4.30 Eastern Standard Time in Australia. Good morning, good afternoon, good uh, early evening even to our friends listening. Thank you so much. This is radioblogging.net on Thursday, the 14th of May. John in Ireland on the shout out wall says, hi all. Good morning, John. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Also on our comments. Uh, we've got Catherine, who's listening from Perth, Western Australia. Uh, first time, great program so far. That's from uh, Catherine in Canning Vale. Uh, we've got Miss Grantham, an M10, Year 5 and 6 students from Chalice Community Primary School. Peppy is in New South Wales. Uh, we've also got Hayley. Uh, we've also um, got lots from Chalice Primary School, which is lovely to hear. Thank you so much. We've got Divine as well from Chalice Primary School uh, in Perth, Western Australia. Can you have a shout out? Absolutely. Reese. yes, of of course, you can also from Chalice Primary School, as is Amber, who's enjoying the show this morning. Thank you so much indeed for joining in. Jonathan, nice reading, everyone. I really like it. Thank you. We do a lot of that. We're building up literacy skills and developing people's writing ability. Absolutely. Tyler, hello. Your stories are epic. How do you come up with ideas? Well, we've got so many brilliant, brilliant authors on every single day to our shows. It really is lovely. Lana says, hi, your show is cool. Thank you so much indeed. I'm glad you're listening this morning and I'm glad you are enjoying it. Lily also listening this morning, as is Jimmy as well. And uh, on the email, radioblogging at gmail.com of course Claire Mrs C and year 5 in Collie Western Australia hi from Collie it's 143 this came through slightly earlier 143 in Western Australia and we are listening in class thank you so much Mr B thank you for bringing this all together and engaging us in language and literature from all the students in year 5 and 6 magenta and this a text from one of our UK listeners as an avid listener of radioblogging.net since day one I'm amazed to see and hear the immense improvement in the children's creative writing the team deliver a real quality packed inspirational and educational show i'm not an educator just a grandma who loves to share my grandchildren's creative offerings and give them constructive and encouraging feedback and radioblogging.net does just that thank you gentlemen well thank you very much for getting in touch that's all from me for now now it's back to pie corbett Okay, thanks ever so much. There are are, are hundreds of being posted up of ideas. Be strict with yourselves. We've had to learn that in England. Um, When you, just before you uh, put your post-it up, make sure you've reread it. Isla H, open the door. There is a world of candy and rainbows and unicorns. I love the idea, Isla, but knit back and edit it because you've missed out the, the capital there and the full stop. And you know that. I'm sure you've been told hundreds of times by your teacher. Knit back. Be a bit fussy, everybody. Be fussy. Um, Maddie D, open the door. There is a waterhole filled with bunyips. P.S. A bunyip is an Australian waterhole monster. Oh, a lovely idea. Uh, Maddie, just knit back and put that full stop in there at the end. And we're absolutely on spot on there. Catherine, open the door. There is koala. That was the one I read earlier. Ah, Hayley Green. There we go, Hayley. Thank you ever so much for getting that in. What amazing doors. I think there will be a mythical unicorn that can sing on the inside. So open that door and see what is in there. Spot on, Sunny. You're on rocking and rolling this morning. Open the door is a world of 
crazy things clocks as tall as they keep leaping around these as david uh, is, is is approving them because hundreds are coming in and i can't find sunny's one again folks i think we need to come out of that you can always go back because the show is up there all day you can always go back and add in more ideas remember to be a little bit fussy and reread before you post drop down under that one to activity three that was using a padlet now, activity three, it's that orange rectangle that says suspense. So if we drop down to there, we could get ourselves ready to do a little bit of um, sus suspense um, writing. So let's have a go at this. Now, you've clicked into suspense and you can see there that there is a picture of uh, a darkened room. Looks like a cellar to me. Now, David. Uh, most of the folks, I think, in Australia won't have used Jotcast before. Can you talk us through how do we how are we going to use this? Hello, David. Are you there? Uh, he might have just popped away. So um, it, you do that because you do that so well. So just do just, <laughs> just say everything he said yesterday when you asked him that question. By this will test whether you were listening or not. I'm never listening. <laughs> uh, here he is. He's back. He's back. All right. I don't, know what, I don't know what happened there. My microphone went dead. But, uh, yes, Jotcast uh, is, is something we've used. Well, we're using every day now um, on our regular show uh, that's coming up a bit later on. And what Jotcast is, we've got to think of it like a live writing window. And we can pick up the, the good habits we've just been learning that Pi's been talking you through in terms of double-checking before we submit our snippets of writing. Um, but that window that you can see, see if you're in the suspense button uh, you can see that window and I can control that window entirely from uh, my studio here uh, near Manchester that's where I am um, and we're going to be uh, taking some advice from Pi. Pi is going to give us some instructions and at the bottom of the window you can see a box where it says um, add name so you put your first name in there. Make sure you use a capital letter because that will stick with everything that you write. Uh, your name will be pinned to this. And you can also write your school name in there if you want to. So you can put, you know, uh, Sophie Dash and then your school name so that your teachers and we know where you are from. And when you start writing in response to what Pi's instructions are, you will then be able to send that in. I will see every sentence that comes up and I can add it in to the window so we can all see them and what pi will do is when pi sees these he will comment verbally orally uh, through radio so you can all hear this uh, on what you are writing and make some suggestions how to improve your writing and at that point come back do another one and we want to see this stream of writing and progress as things improve as you're listening to the feedback if there are any adults listening you can join in by also giving some feedback if you want to write your own sentences fantastic if you want to leave somebody some feedback you can write their name so sophie dash and write what you want to write to them and so keep an eye on what happens it's a great fast-paced uh five ten minutes that we'll do here so pi over to you for some instructions okay we've come we've got a let's imagine that we're in a story our main character has gone through this door and comes into this room so what we're going to try and do is sentence by sentence so do one sentence and then i will try and comment on that and then do the next sentence you're building up a paragraph really that's what you're doing so the door creaks open and there is this room so you might you need a name of a character you might say sophie 
stared around the room. I mean, you've got to get into describing it. You're trying to create a scary effect on the reader. You're trying to build the suspense. So you've got to describe what it looks like. And then your main character might hear something or catch a glimpse. So let's get the door opening and into the room. Uh, and I know already some of our UK listeners will be creating suspense sentences, getting the main character into the room. And I will be able to see those appearing on the screen. Deputy Mitchell will be reading them and approving them. So ready, steady, go. Off we go. So let me get them get to so everybody can start writing now. I'm going to call my main character Sophie. Here we go. Bethany's got one in gingerly, warily. Now, I love the way, Bethany, that you've picked up on the adverb starters we were doing. I'm not sure if you need two there. They sort of clash a bit against each other. I would go for choosing one. Gingerly, warily, Matilda stepped into the dark abandoned warehouse and stared around its crumbling walls. Lovely opener, Bethany. Now get describing it a little bit more. Sachin, hesitantly. Nice that you picked up on the adverb starter. Everybody else, Australian folk, try and pick up on that adverb starter. Lillian creaked the oil-kneading door. I know what you mean, Sachin. Michael, um, from V. Kyla Primary School. Hope I've got that right. Well done. Mikkel walked in slowly. His body froze even more every time he took a step. Uh, just uh, you can copy that and repost it and get that punctuation in. Be strict with yourselves. Come on. Austin, an, an unbanned basement, the abandoned basement that is crawling with snakes and spiders. Love it, Austin. What a nice idea. Let's uh, uh, ab uh when you're saying the spelling, say it aloud and write down what you hear. Abandoned. Abandoned. So say it aloud. That will help you a little bit. Sophie, Avery, Sophie opens the door. You hear footsteps. Like the way you've got the ellipsis in there. Saskia, stuck in the basement of the dark stone mansion, she called out with a faint cry before being hit in the chest with something in a blaze of flames. Now carry on, Saskia. Remember those adverb starters? folks um Averly primary the door creaked slow open slowly now mrs williamson you could go slowly the door creaked open ah but you've got the adverb starter here cautiously jane stepped into the dark room well done sachin building on a uh, previous uh, sentence maggots were crawling across the dusty corners of the ramshackle cottage and sepia papyrus papers were scattered across the floor sachin you could tighten up uh, the were crawling. You could go maggots crawled across the dusty corners. We've talked about that before. The, trying to, if you've got ning verb, trying to tighten up on that. Mackenzie, the door creaked open as Kenzie walked in. She saw. Ah, now you. There's a little bit of punctuation missing there, and and uh, you've left a space, so you you knew that. Um, walked in, stalked in, crept in. You might strengthen that one. Well done, Mackenzie. Ethan, creaking the door open. Ethan had a glimpse on all the pigs sound quite right but ethan knit back and get that capital and full stop in and work on that sentence a bit you fan brownie looked around the room and saw filthy furniture and a chicken nugget on the floor Ooh, horrible sounding build it up well done let's have the next bit uh, of your story bethany a small shaft of daylight shone down from a hole in the ceiling and matilde glimpsed a cloaked person up above i chose gingerly here uh, pie okay well done uh, thanks for the note there, Bethany. 
Mr. Sutton coming back there, talking to Mackenzie and Eaton. Mr. Sutton, I think you need to use a capital letter for Mackenzie's name. You see how easy it is to make mistakes. So we've all got to be fussy. Well done, uh, Mr. Walker, for coming back to Sophie. Riley, trapped in the castle's basement, light, basement comma, light shines through the cell. Full stop, Riley. Come on. Sachin, the shadows of the broken antique furniture were like looming beasts waiting to pounce. Nice little image there. Isaac, Jason gaped around the room. The dimly lit walls cracked and dusty. Looking closer, he could see a dark figure creeping towards him. Nice one, Isaac. Really spot on there. Uh, Michael again. Mickle walked in slowly. His body froze even more every time he took a step. Spot on, Michael. Tyler from Chalice. Quickly. Tom is ran, but he fell down to the crum old crumbly basement. That needs tidying up, doesn't it, Tyler? But well done. You've got it basically there, and you've got a nice little adverb at the beginning. So it should go, Tyler, quickly, comma, Tom ran. And you need a capital for the Tom, but you're almost there. I love the idea. Well done, Sonny. Good to have you on here. As I opened the door, I think, let's go for past tense, Sonny. As I opened the door, comma, I saw the ordinary room. Just then something creaked and the roof broke open. Yeah. Um, Maxine. So, Sonny, always reread it before you post it. Maxine creeping and opening the creaky door, comma. Harold had a glimpse of the room. Silently, he crept towards the centre of the room. OK, just look back, Maxine. You don't need that capital H for the he after the silently but well done for getting that adverb starter in there well used Carrie Lily walked through the cobwebs to get to the abandoned basement you know what you're I tell you what Carrie try and be like a teacher to your own writing so if you reread that you'll notice what the teacher would notice is that full stop at the end be fussy but I love the idea of going through the cobwebs Sophie Alex looked around the room where am I Ah, again, it's that punctuation, isn't it? And I think you, Sophie, could strengthen the look. Alex stared around the room, full stop. Capital letter, where am I? Where was she? Lauren, the door opened slowly. Quietly, Emma walked in and she fell. Mr Sutton coming back at there at Isaac. We've been doing this now and there are absolutely hundreds of sentences. I don't have time to get through all of them, but I will read them later on. Folks, we need to come out of that one. If you come out of that one, um, uh, we now have a little bit of a treat because, Russell, I know that you caught up with Jackie French, um, who uh, is a treat for us to listen to because she's a great Australian uh, a great Australian writer. And we have books by, or a book rather, by Jackie French in the um, Australian uh, version of um, The Reading Spine. The book we have but written by Jackie is called The Night They Stormed Eureka. But she's reading from another book that is quite a powerful book, uh, probably her latest one, a very powerful book, uh, the Night They Stormed Eureka. We've got that in as a year five class reader. This one I would pitch probably higher. Um, what happened when you caught up with Jackie um, Russell? Well, she needs no introduction at all. This is her reading, Pennies for Hitler. Pennies for Hitler by Jackie French. And I'm Jackie French. So this is a passage from Pennies for Hitler. It's the second book in... Um, the Hitler's Daughter series. It is about a boy called Georg in World War II who thinks Hitler is wonderful. 
But in England, he is an enemy. He must be an English boy called George. He's sent on one of the last ships taking children from the Brits from England to Australia. And in Australia too, he must be George. Georg is an enemy. And finally, Japan enters the war and there is someone for him to hate too. He can join in the hatred. But finally, he can't stand the pretense anymore. Finally, he actually cries, I am Georg, I am Georg. He runs from his foster family into the bush. And this is what happens. He's in the bush at the night. He ran along the ridge, the sharp stones glinting like earthbound stars. His legs felt like sacks of wheat, almost too heavy to lift. Time vanished. The stars wheeled fire overhead. There was only the ground, the stones, the shadows. Only the sky and him. Then he heard the plane. It was a sound like no other he had heard, a stutter, not a roar. He turned to find it, but it was too late. The sky exploded, a ball of fire, as though a star had fallen. Something else moved now. A white flutter in the sky, like a giant moth, coming to ground again with the dawning light. But this moth was a man, a man in a parachute, drifting slowly as the debris fell. An enemy. He pushed his body, lurching through the trees. Enemy, enemy. Mr. Peasgate's words rang through his head. If I could get my hands on one of them. He didn't think what he would do when he found them. He was beyond thought now. Then there it was, a crumple of white that looked like it had been dragged along the clearing, a tangle of strings, a man half buried in cloth. Then he saw the blood. It whirled from what looked like a crease on the man's neck. Georg had a sudden vision of bombed out London, a flying debris that ripped through flesh, of Elizabeth, the life seeping from her as they dragged her from the dirt. The enemy didn't move, but he was alive. That's what they told you in first aid books. If the blood flowed, they were alive. He could kill an enemy, feed the hate inside him, give a gift of hate to the peacelakes and to Maud. He looked around for a weapon, a branch, a rock. The rock stared up at him, jagged, dusty, as though it had been put there for him to use. He lifted it, he felt his hands grow big with power. He stepped towards the man. He held the rock high above his head, ready to smash it down. The enemy groaned. It was a small sound, a whisper almost too soft to hear. It was a human sound, the first he had heard all that long night, except his own panting and the thud of his feet. So that's where I stop when I read that out Beautiful. to young people. I loved it. Absolutely yes. loved it. Thank you so much. Well, I asked them what you think Georg will choose. This is a boy who has lost everything. He has lost his family, his country, his very identity. And now he has a chance to kill an enemy. Do you think he will kill him or try to save his life? And which do you think is more powerful? Which is going to win in the end? Hatred or love and kindness? Um, if we are going to get through this, whether this is the virus, climate change, or the unknown challenges that the children of today are going to face, 
what are the most effective weapons when you're writing and before you write jackie do you have a notebook how do you amass all your ideas how do you collect all of the thoughts together <laughs> um yes i have many notebooks i had many old envelopes scribbled with writing and of course i can't read any of them i am severely dyslexic and i can't read my own writing however I still write down notes. There is something about the act of writing that seems to cement something in your brain. Thanks to grandma, to great grandma, to dad um, reading me poetry at night. I've always had stories. I've always had the song of the words. And I have always known that the present is not just linked to the past. I don't think I even believe in linear time as such. Um, we are simply choosing what is the right act at any one moment, knowing how intricately we are connected with past and future. Thank you very much indeed. I've loved listening to your wisdom and your reading was just exquisite. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, th thank you enormously. Hi, I'm Jackie French. You're listening to Radio Logging.net coming from the fairly remote and definitely, definitely wombat-inhabited Aragoan Valley in Australia. That was a strong reading, wasn't it, Russell? A very, very strong uh, reading for us. Uh, and lovely to uh, be able to feature um, such an important Australian author um, on there uh, and listen to her talking about, um, about her writing. Well, we get, uh, we're almost at the very, very end uh, now, folks. If you come out of the Jotcast, we're back on the main page and we come to the final activity, which I will explain. And really, we've been building up to this activity. If you click where it says blog task activity four, uh, it, uh, here we go. And this is the one that you can record. And I think it would be fabulous to have an Australian voice um playing on the next uh, show so here we go um i've got a suspense paragraph model and those of you who use talk for writing in your schools as i know probably most of the <clears throat> australian folk listening will do you'll be used to this idea that we have a model and then we can use that we can learn from that uh, how to create our own one so i've got um i'll read it to you just say a few words about it and then we'll look at how you can publish and perform here we go. Suspense paragraph. Reluctantly, Joanne opened the door and peered in. Cobwebs clung to the grimy window. The floor was covered in a tangle of broken furniture, old clothes and torn books. Paper peeled like scabs from the wall. Plaster had fallen from the ceiling and broken glass lay scattered across the floor. Standing alone in the dark, Joanne listened. She could hear something scratching, something moving. She held her breath and waited. What was it? So I'm building up the tension there. How have I done it? I've got that lovely little adverb starter. Then I got Joanne going in and peering around. So I'm going to show the setting through the eyes of the main character. And then I've got these sentences with commas in them. They are building up the description. So I've got the cobwebs clinging to the window the floor covered in the furniture and old clothes and torn books. Then I've got the paper peel like scabs, the plaster falling and broken glass across the floor. So I'm building up those lists to build, uh, create the picture for the reader. 
and a lots of very sort of negative adjectives and ideas the broken furniture the old clothes the torn books the grimy window and then standing alone in the dark joanne listens so i've got my main character now on their own in a very uh, negative setting and then to in- to really get it going i introduce something that she can hear she hears something but i use that empty word something to hide what it is and i've got the repetition something scratching something moving she held her breath and waited and then the rhetorical question which is what she's thinking what on earth was it so it's a classic suspense paragraph get your main character through the door into a dark place on their own build up that description and then have your main character hear something ominous now to post it if you just skim down you can see where you put the title of your blog put your name in as well and then write your next chapter in the box below when we say chapter it'll be a paragraph that you put in we advise you to write it first in your notebook share that with your partner go back and edit particularly checking and being fussy does it say what you want to say does it build up the suspense and have you attended to all the little fussy bits we have to think about then you can put your first name in the box below school name really important tick the i agree to the privacy policy and then you can submit by clicking on that little orange button now just below that is where you can actually perform uh, and uh, by that we mean read your paragraph and we uh, get it recorded so we can use it in the next show we do david is there anything to say about the performance padlet um, yes, we've 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 been doing this for quite a while, and uh, the, the children have been uh, teaching us how they've been doing it. Really, um, the player you can see above the performance padlet uh, contains the instructions on how to. Uh, use the Padlet with your device because everyone's device is a little bit different. So you can follow those instructions. It's just like creating a normal post-it note. Um, you just select the three dots, as it says, and you use the word voice. Um, if you if that doesn't work for any reason, you can choose video, but please cover over your um, your camera. Uh, if anything comes through and we can see you, we can't publish that on the site. We just want your audio. So you can put your finger over the or your thumb over the camera. That would be great. And it will pick up your audio. Um, little tips that we found helpful is to practice. Have a go. Read it to somebody. Maybe if you're in school, um, maybe it's something you're doing if it's tomorrow or at home this evening to uh, practice with somebody or practice in front of the mirror. And just so you know that when you are recording it, onto the padlet it's not final you do get the chance to listen back if you don't want to use that version you can redo it and just to have a go and we'd love we'd love to hear some of your performances on there and we'll be able to play them uh, on our other shows as well and you'll hear them back but there are there's around a hundred performances on there go and have a listen to some pick up some tips and hints yourself and uh, give it a go and be brave is the best bit of advice i can certainly give pi that's great. Thank you very much. Yes, we'd love to have a, uh, one or two Australian voices there uh, for our next show, reading out a suspense paragraph. So work on that. Now, um, these shows are all archived. They're all left up um, uh, uh, on the... Um, I'm right in saying that, aren't I, Russell? Oh, absolutely. Every show yeah. we've ever broadcast, and special, including the special ones. We did a, a USA special one last week, and, of course, our first mm. Australian, all is available on the website. Just find the date that we broadcast it on, and it's in there under the All Shows tab. 
Yeah, and listeners post, if you click on there, you'll be able to, that's where your blog post, your paragraph will end up and you can respond to each other. And we love it when teachers and children respond to each other. We've really enjoyed being with you, Australia, this morning. It's probably time to be going off and doing something or other. Keep an eye out for the kangaroos and for the wallabies. Next time I come to Australia, Peter Collins, you are definitely going to be taking me to uh, look at some kangaroos. I'm really, really happy to have made good communication with you all this morning. Chalice School, really, really good to see you on there this morning. What a great show, Russell. Isn't it Indeed. wonderful to be able to reach around the world and communicate in this way? I've really enjoyed it. Over to you, Russell, to Thank wind the show up. very much indeed, listeners. We uh, The show has exceeded all expectations, I have to say. We're slightly over our time, but uh, you know who cares when you own the radio station? It's not a problem. Just bump <laughs> the next programme uh, into oblivion. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, the Jockcast was amazing. You exceeded all of our expectations. We weren't sure whether we were going to get one or two, but that hundreds, hundreds upon hundreds. Thank you so so much indeed i just want to say a very a good afternoon to craig kemp who's listening in singapore lovely to have you on board and thank you so much for listening ian what have you got for us thank you very much indeed russell uh shout out from nicholas who said good show thank you very much indeed delvin from chalice primary who has been loving the show today thank you very much indeed stephanie uh, can avery primary school in western australia class g9 have a shout out absolutely zion i hope i've pronounced that correctly also would like a shout out there as well absolutely no problem lexi can you please read my post um and we, we've read them all and they're all beautifully written and well done to you tyler um loved the reading from the book thank you very much much indeed emily from chalice as well uh western australia how do you get such epic ideas well you know there's quite a bit of planning goes into this and we make sure that every day is rich with literacy ideas and quality to help yourselves with your writing so i hope you've enjoyed it this morning carrie <laughs> is skipping maths for this uh, well you know um, i'm glad to hear it and i'm glad you've enjoyed it um also um people are having to go it is the end of school actually murray collins this is an interesting one murray collins saying good day from melbourne i'm a grown-up and enjoying the show i was introduced to it by my uk-based partner parents who know russell in a coincidence i used to work at bbc radio wiltshire so i've also enjoyed listening to that interview we'll share the blog among my friends here as many of them have primary school children thank you you so very much finally bethany jotcast is my favorite it is it is the best part of the show or one of the best parts of the show listening to pi and to david working on that and providing instant feedback which of course you can do via education radio which you can't do via the medium of video of course with the time at exactly 8 a.m here in the uk british <laughs> summer time it is 3 p.m in western australia uh, i would imagine it is fast approaching the end of the school day and five o'clock probably fast approaching dinner time in eastern australia it's been a real pleasure to be here with you this morning russell thank back you, to you very, to the show. you'd think we planned it perfectly wouldn't you but we love that just thrown together look it works so well and, and thank you so much murray it's really nice to hear from you yes i'd forgotten he'd actually worked in the sports he was in the sports department at bbc wiltshire it's a small world listeners and it's getting smaller by the day thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the show it'll be wrapped up and available for listen again for your delectation 24 7 just as soon as we can we're are back with you in an hour and a half can you believe that folks reset an hour and a half for our usual regular weekday show hope to meet you all again and thank you so much indeed for our very special australian listeners 
Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. 